0: We want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast today. I'm here with my co-host Rhonda, and I am so excited to dive into a new conversation with you today. We just love this time, spending this time with you, spending this time with each other, digging into God's word, digging into what God is saying to us, and we hope that your heart is postured um, in a place of just being able to receive, receive an awakening moment today. Right now, Rhonda, I don't know what the awakening moment is going to be, but I want to posture my heart too as we dive into this conversation just for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. A fresh. Now, a couple of weeks ago you spoke a really, really powerful message, and it was on the power of our emotions. And I think there was You know sort of a few parts of the message that stood out for me that i think we can dive into a little bit of a deeper conversation on today and you know you didn't have the opportunity to dive super deep into all these aspects in the message but i think it would be good to dive into some of these aspects today you know what do we do when our emotions lead us into decisions that (laughs) really were not the best decisions and the other question you asked is what do we do when the emotions of other people cause us to make decisions that really are not the best decisions and i sort of have a bit of a light-hearted funny story of you know where i felt like this happened in my life um it was when many many years ago now all my kids were very young probably like between the ages of like three maybe and eight so all in that school age, young school age time um, of life. And it was a busy time for kids in five years. Like you're just like in it big time. Maybe. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the ages of the kids. And Jason wanted to get a dog. Now he is such a dog lover like he and he always has been. We had a dog when we first got married. And he loved this dog. This dog was wild, but (laughs) he loved the dog. And, you know, so this is many years now. He hasn't had a dog and he really wanted a dog. Now, I did not want a dog. Like, I just didn't think, first of all, I'm not as much of a dog person. I love dogs. I don't love owning dogs. I don't love having dogs in my house, but I love them. I love seeing them on the street. I love petting them. I love other people's dogs, but I don't love owning dogs. Now you have to You have to remember too, like I'm in a pretty overwhelming stage of parenting. I'm working, like I'm working, I'm not working. I'm at a stay-at-home mom full-time. I've got these four kids, school-age kids. I mean, the schedule is insane from morning till night. It's just go, 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 go all the time. And, you know, Jason wants a dog. And so we're having this conversation about the dog and, you know, we we learned early on in marriage that when you're making a big decision and getting a dog is a big decision. It is a big decision. This is not a small (laughs) one. When you're making big decisions in life, like moving, changing jobs, getting a dog, (laughs) it takes two yeses. Okay, maritally, it takes two yeses. Not every decision takes two yeses, but the big ones do. Getting a new car, financial decisions, like it takes two yeses. Well, <laughs> we're having this conversation and you know, as soon as Jay starts going online and looking up puppies, I know like this is, this is not going to end. Well, he's looking up puppies. I want a bulldog. I've always dreamed of having a bulldog. You know, we're having this conversation. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I, I can't. Well, does he not? Now he is not like this about anything. Okay. So, so I, as I share this story, he does not do this for anything. He starts guilt tripping me like big time. (laughs) I never ask for anything. I never, you know, I never really like insist on like, I never push for anything, you know, but uh, this is all I want. He's guilt tripping me like big time. But I know, like I know I can't handle, I can't handle to take care of one more thing in this season. I just, I I don't, I don't have the capacity and I don't love the dog and I don't want to do the work of the dog. (laughs) (laughs) so anyways i am not we can
1: see where this is going i am
0: not on board with this well anyways okay 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 well let's let's just like let's have the breeder bring some puppies over let's just see let's just see oh my gosh so i just get totally kind of you know i give into the emotion of this decision because you know i'm being guilt tripped and it's true like he like jay does not sort of assert. You know what he wants very often about anything he's very reasonable and you know we talk through things and anyways but this for some reason he just he has to have this dog well it turns out like this dog is a holy terror like it it's a terrible like he we get the pup we get it as a puppy eight weeks old it gets dropped off this dog for its entire life unfortunately the puppy died at 11 months (laughs) like it literally just died it just got sick and died like overnight it and most likely it ate something and probably it got lodged in its intestines and it just died because this dog ate everything that it wasn't supposed to eat it ate all the girls Toys, Barbies, Polly Pockets, any toy that was on cars, <laughs> remote controls, oh ate my Bible, my ate the wall, ate furniture, ate shoes, ate everything. Now, so imagine like I'm a mom of four little kids, and I have to keep everything off the ground because the dog's going to eat it. Everything, but I have tiny kids, and not only that. Here, look I'm on a, now. I'm on a I complaining. Can I can feel it Not on only that, dog. every time the door opened, the dog took off. <gasps> took off and I have little kids do you think I could get them to keep the front door closed 24 7 no no I can't so the door opens dog takes off and guess who's at work Jay's at work I'm at home I have to go run after this dog 10 times a day and go try to get it and do you think it would come back no it doesn't come back like I can't I have to like get meat and like I have to try to (laughs) try to get it it's terrible anyways this is a nightmare nightmare dog story so bad it was bad all around it was stressful for the whole time uh, I'm not gonna lie. There may have been a phone call one time while Jay is at work. You better get home right now to get your dog. I I don't. It's run away again. I'm not going after it. I don't care. I have children <laughs> crying. Mom, please don't let Lucy <laughs> go. Together, screaming, calling Jay on the phone, oh crying. My, my I'm goodness. like I don't care. Your dog, I don't, you you get home right now and get your dog. Oh oh my gosh. It's me or the dog. It's me or the dog. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It was so bad. So anyways, that's a funny light story about, you know, when someone else's emotions, the overwhelming emotions of someone else led me to a decision that I regretted and it did not work. Let's just say I wasn't sad when the dog (laughs) passed away. (laughs) You know, what's so funny. We both have had oh. a terrible dog. Oh my gosh. Yes. You right. And I've shared a story about a, a, a dog. terrible dog, like terrible From Hades as yeah. well.
1: And I often like, excuse me if anyone's going to get offended on this phone call. We don't mean it in any way. And I'm not starting a theology about this, <laughs> but you know when Jesus cast a demon into the swines and they all went over the cliff. I promise you something was cast into this dog. Well, listen, it needed deliverance. This dog was. Crazy! No matter what we did, no matter what training trainers, they're all like, "There's something wrong with this dog." Oh my! And I'm like, gosh. "Yeah, the dog had major, <laughs> like major problems." Yeah, we found the dog a new home. It, yeah, it didn't <laughs> die. It found a new home. <laughs> I share a little bit about that in our message, but oh, what a nightmare! My gosh. It's a nightmare though to have a nightmare dog. Yes, yes, even yeah. So
0: we both had emotional uh decisions yeah. that
1: led to dogs. Yeah, we that did. was bad. We did. <laughs> But I keep getting dogs, so that's the difference. I'm the dog lover and that. So the fact that I gave a dog up <gasps> Must with have all bad. the training, it took two and a half years for me to do it. All the training we did, the classes, and this dog was not it's not doing it. Anyways, that is a hilarious story, Lord, Yeah, you are led for sure. And then and then came your dog, Dave, now. Yes, yes. We have a nice dog now. You have a nice yes. dog. Yes. Like yes. actually like the sweetheart. poster dog of loyalty. Yeah. yeah, he's a good dog. He should be in the dictionary. Loyalty, <laughs> Dave. He's he is a good such dog. a sweetheart. Yeah. Bulldog, I love him. Well, you know, it's really fun I'm talking about being led by emotions of others. I mean, that is an awesome story. Mine is not funny, but it's actually at the time didn't seem very significant. But now it's like really not now, but through the years, it had an impact, a great impact. So sometimes even when something happens where you're led by someone's decision, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal at the time. It feels big, but not the gravity sometimes comes later. So this would be, I went to school in the States and when I came back from the States and I met Jay and we got married, I was trying to transfer all my schooling into Canada. And I literally was a semester away from graduating in the States. And so I figured, Oh, probably wouldn't be that hard to transfer. I was in music, music here. Well, it comes it comes out to find out that the school I went to had many courses in music that weren't offered in the conservative side of the universities in Canada. It was much more liberal in the sense of the music expressions. So you have to have the exact course matching. And so I found myself at instead of almost four years of university, I was gonna be at like the one year mark. So I wanted to go back to school here in Canada and make up the degree. Well, I had to stay home for it in where Jay and I were engaged at the time. I said, let me move home. Let me go to school for a couple of years and then we'll get married. And then I can always, you know, we'll figure it out, but just maybe a couple of years, if I can at least get my schooling going. Well, we were madly in love and Jay, I think just the whole thought of being long distance, we made a very quick decision. He kind of same thing. Jay is not like that. He is super supportive. But he was like, I'm not doing long distance. So no, you're you're not, uh, we're not getting married then. Like uh, this, like soon, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like he didn't say we're not getting married. The engagement was off, but he was really upset. And he was like, I can't do long distance. Like there's no way for two years you could be long distance. But I'm like, Jay, I can't live in Ottawa. Like if I can live at home, at least I can get right. live a, free. Lot, yeah, a lot right. done. And then maybe a year we can figure it out. But to do three more years with me in school, like and he had like a pauper job. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 totally. You can't afford no. to like not work, go to exactly. school full time, live away. Yeah, yeah. and my parents weren't in, weren't in Ottawa. So I was like, this is not gonna work. So anyways, we had a big argument about it and he was like, no, no. So I said, okay, fine, I'll give up my schooling. I'll just come to Ottawa and get a job and work and whatever. Well, you know, it ended up, God's worked all things together and it worked out, but you know what, not finishing that, because I felt the pressure to move and to be here and get married, actually came back for a decade to bite me. Like really, even getting a job, figuring out what I wanted to do, I mean everything. It just was so, so difficult because I didn't have now a Canadian degree versus all the work I'd put in in the States. Now I've had a very beautiful journey in my my career and livelihood and in ministry. It's been beautiful and flourishing. But it wasn't even just the paper. It was it was actually all the work and finishing something I started and that fi- like feeling like I accomplished something. I worked really hard to get to the school in the States. I saved all my money. I paid my own way. I had a scholarship. I did everything I could do to make it happen. And then it was almost like done. And I didn't have anything to show for all those years of work. And it really bothered me because I'd done the work but I didn't have the paper. And so, you know, that's to say, Jay since has apologized so many times, but honestly, those first 10 years, even in our marriage, every time I would hit like a job roadblock, it would be like, see, if I want to finish my degree here in Canada, like it literally was something I didn't realize the gravity at the time. And I had to really honestly release Jay from that. But that was a much more, that was a bigger, a much bigger conversation that I allowed really quickly myself to kind of be swayed instead of saying no like let's just take a year then like let me just do a year this is really important i kind of let someone's feelings and emotions which like you're talking about your j was so rare for him i think that's the only time he's ever been not supportive of me m- or even a communication together like a compromise it was literally like no this is how it is or not and i was like oh, okay oh, okay that's fine okay i moved to ottawa like that was my 21 year old self 22 year old self Wow. probably my my 30 year old self been like uh no <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna relocate You got uh, a backbone yeah you're gonna relocate <laughs> i'm not relocating you're gonna help me out no so funny but at that time i was really new in the relationship, like we had gotten engaged but just wanted to please and i didn't want to disrupt and i was like maybe that's right we shouldn't be long distance and i didn't really think it through and really think through like what do i actually why is this so important to me and it something i learned from that in a really big way to not make a a fast decision but to really think about it because it is true we can be led by others decisions in little things or big things and they can have a ripple effect of consequences down the road even that we look back resentment can set in because i could be honest those 10 years i had to release a forgiving of jay of that because then when i came back to ottawa it was so hard to even think of going back to school and it never really happened again like it was like a window of time we had that kind of closed and it just then we had bills and I wanted to have a family and it just kind of moved and it just got hurt. not saying you can't it just at that time and we were little poppers we remember oh my goodness back totally. then like we so i just think you know we all were just making it just starting and so i i just i think this is one of those conversations being led by emotions is a really interesting one because even as I talk about that story, and Jay and I speak very openly about this when we talk with married couples or anything like that when they're starting, that's kind of how we started our marriage. And it took me probably 10 years to kind of start to evolve enough to say, no, I, I don't want to do that. And it's not at all how Jay was, but it started a way of framing in our marriage that actually wasn't real. It actually wasn't true. Jay has never been like that. That's not how it is, but it took about 10 years. To even readjust our place together, this partnership piece, because right from the beginning, a major decision was kind of made for me and I just gave into it. So, for the 10 years, I was like, I had to kind of work that out and resentful. You can get a bitterness can set in, offense can set in. So, we are led by others. Not only do we have to forgive ourselves for giving up some of those decisions and not really thinking them through, but also we have to forgive and release the person making those decisions because when you look back, not all of them were done with even any thoughtfulness on their end either. As quickly as I gave it up, someone took it and it wasn't even intentional. So that was just a really interesting journey in our first 10 years of marriage, I would say. That if I would look back at some of those pockets of even when I get upset about something, once again, we strip that emotion right down. It came to this deeper place of, no, I've already sacrificed this. I've already sacrificed that. Me, me, me. I've done. And then you overassert. Because you're in a protection, so it's an interesting cycle that we have to be really aware of. So being led by others can really have. I think maybe I'm could be wrong in this, but it it had that had a greater impact in my life when I look back of when I haven't actually had a voice to some of the things that meant a lot to me.
0: You know what I think is interesting about that story too, Rhonda, is that you know if Jay would have been able to release you to. Um, come to that decision you may you may or may not have come to that decision on your own you may have enrolled in school you may have done a year of it and thought you know what I actually like I I don't need this for where I want to go yes and I I'm gonna lay this down but if you would have made that decision for yourself then you would not have held that resentment but because you sort of trusted him to make that decision for you that's remained unsettled for you for Mm -hmm. all of those years i think that's an interesting thing to think about because like what gets complicated about being led by the emotions of others is that there are going to be times in our lives where um god is actually asking us to lay down what it is that we want or the way we want to do something in order to love and serve somebody else but when we get to that place where we know that God is asking us to do that, again, we're making that decision. We're making that decision to lay that down. When we're being controlled or manipulated, and maybe maybe those can be strong words. Sometimes it is actually that. Sometimes it's not even just that. We're just being led by the emotional decision of others and maybe out of fear or maybe out of not uh, not wanting to disappoint them or wanting to please them. We go along with that decision. That's an entirely different thing than coming to God for yourself in the midst of that situation and saying, God, are you asking me to lay this down? Because if you're asking me to lay this down, I'll lay it down. And then I make the decision. And I think that is the huge <laughs> difference in as we walk this out and as we work this out. Because the reality is, and, and we're, we're kind of joking as we talk about this in the sense that like, okay, it took a few years. It took 10 years. It took me too. Like, uh, like it took me, I remember at the seven year mark of our marriage, something switched over in our relationship where like I actually found my voice in the relationship now again jay it wasn't that jay overpowered me in any way but i think there was an unhealthy pleasing dynamic that Mm -hmm. was at play where i didn't necessarily make decisions based on like truly what i wanted to do i made decisions based on what i thought or what i believed would please jay Mm -hmm. in -hmm. whatever regard that looked whereas like around the seven year mark for me and we dated for four years so that's about 11 years of being together um i i I just had hit a point where I didn't like where some things in our relationship had gotten to. And I, I couldn't be silent about those things anymore. So began to speak up and we joke like, oh, you know, you got a backbone, you, you know, we stood up, but it isn't like, I I don't want to paint this picture like all of the sudden, um, the power shifted like it was like a power thing or anything Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. but it is actually coming to the place where two people who are in a relationship together are each making their own decisions both out of love both out of considering all things considering each other considering each other as better than oneself, you know, in a godly and a loving way, but making your own decision, you have to be able to own your choices. And so every single time we get pulled into a situation where we're making decisions based on someone else's emotions, like there is going to be fallout from that every mm-hmm. time in mm-hmm. one way, shape, or form. And it might not show up for a long time, just like your situation. It may, You might not feel it in the moment. You might not feel it for a few years, but I guarantee that it is unresolved Mm -hmm. if you didn't make that choice for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important distinction in this conversation. And that really is where emotional health Mm -hmm. is so important. Like we have to be very actively and intentionally like processing the emotions that are going on inside of us so that we can actually bring emotional health into our relationships we we have to do that in order for them to function well but emotional health doesn't mean that there's not going to be any conflict Mm -hmm. there's going to be conflict Mm -hmm. because if you think things need to be one way and, you know, your spouse or your friend or your parent or your sister or whoever else you're in a relationship thinks it has to be this way and it looks this way. You know, there's conflict until we get to that, um, you know, in how we work that out together. But yeah, making our own decisions in the equation with God, I think is a really, really, really important thing.
1: I just, I love that Lori, how you said that because really in those moments, you know, it, it's not a power struggle. I love it because it's not like girl power, take your power back. Like it's exactly not that because you know what? There's only one boss of our marriage and that's God. He's the boss of our marriage, but it's a partnership of Jay and I. But in that partnership, that's where there was exactly that misplaced like given over, like, I'm just going to do this to please versus let me think this through. Because in another instance, like, even as you're saying that another instance was I made a massive career change, like into coming back into ministry and I was making more money than I've ever been made in my life. And Jay was so supportive, but he said, let's pray about it. And you need to like make this decision, but whatever you decide, I'm fully behind you. And you know what? I closed that door and walked into ministry, but I could have made it like, Said so If he would have said, no, I don't want you to change our lifestyle, he could have done the same thing. But through that work, and that's a beautiful thing, those redemption times too, because you can't go back and undo what's been done. But when God does a work, it redeems and it actually sets you up because that was that was the beginning of a major decision in our marriage of a hundred, <laughs> so many more that would happen. Emotional decisions, financial decisions. Every day we're making decisions together. We're making intentional decisions, discipling ourselves, whatever. But God redeemed that when this other big pivotal time in our lives came, not that we have not made many more mistakes along the way, but having learned from that and really being able, like I said, like you're saying, like unpacking it, being able to get to a place where marriage to be like, this is not a healthy dynamic here where I'm trying to please you. I'm trying to, I'm giving some of this over to you that is actually not good. I need to own that part of what I need and want so I can bring that so we can partner together in the next step and make that decision supportive of each other. Because when this next decision came, I made the decision to leave, but my boss was trying to convince me to stay. And in that, I could have easily like had Jay got on board and said, that's crazy. You shouldn't leave right now. This is that that would just be I probably I. I could have. You could have been influenced. I could have been influenced by other people. But we had learned so much in that season to really wait on God and to really partner together. So I love that. God's, God's the boss of our marriage. It's not like a power. I'm who's more dominant, who's more powerful we are both submitted to God and together we steward our relationship together we have different strengths that we leverage but I love that because even if you're listening today and perhaps there's been a major decision that's happened that you've given over maybe some of those you've given over that that decision to someone else that they've made it for you and you followed and you literally look back or right now you're in it and you think. I'm paying the, the price of that. Like I'm really resentful or I don't know how to get out of this now. I want you to know as you come to God, God can redeem, but it is an open communication. You've got to acknowledge, I love what you were talking about. That it's not just saying, God help me. It's saying, Okay, show me God what is going on that I'm doing that. Like, why am I doing that? It's not really about my schooling. It wasn't actually about my schooling. It was about pleasing Jay. It was about I wanted to like not make him upset. And I didn't think it through. So really think it through. Don't just look at the outside circumstance. Allow the Lord to go deep into your heart of why you are allowing that to happen. And that's really powerful to go to that emotional space and then let God start to do some healing there because it takes time. It's a journey, but that's, that's where it starts.
0: It's true because that's where you also take ownership for your decisions. Cause the yeah. reality is that even if you're making a decision based on somebody else's emotions, like you, you, you do have to take ownership for your yes. side of that equation. So for sure, the motivation of that, well, I want to please them. I don't want to upset them. I don't, you know, like you, like only we can take responsibility for why we are allowing yeah. what we're allowing no matter what's on the outside. And and obviously the most healthy thing we can do is to both, you know, two people in any relationship, two friends, uh, parent relationship, family relationships, marital relationships. Like we can only own our own emotions and they have to own their own emotions. And you know, uh, you're always going to have people with different levels of emotional health. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in relationship with mm-hmm. people that have all kinds of some are very unhealthy, some are moderately healthy, some. Unhealth shows up in certain ways and in, in certain insecurities. So like it's it's you're always going to be dealing with this in your life. All of us will. But the only thing that we can do is be empowered to own the choices we're making, even if we're making them for the wrong reasons, we can own those choices. And that's how we learn and that's how we grow. Right? So there is a recognition that like bottom line, you made that decision. That's it. Out of wanting to please him. So that's something you needed to own, something you needed to come to terms with. That's not his problem. That's not his fault. He didn't do that to you you Mm -hmm. made that choice and that's something god had to work out in you so that then you could become more honest and more authentic in relationship and same for me you know there was lots of decisions that i just allowed that i didn't really want and i never voiced and i never said and i never spoke up but that's on me that's Mm -hmm. that what that had nothing to do with the people i was in relationship with that that i have to own that 100 percent and then allow God into that space to become more healthy so that I can bring a more authentic self into those relationships. You know, I used to say, you know, that in our marriage, you know, Jason has a lot of preferences and he makes all of his preferences known. Whereas I have less preferences and, or, uh, but the truth was, I don't have less preferences. I just don't make my preferences known as much. Right. So, in our relationship, we had to learn how to. And that was kind of for me, that seven year mark. It was like, no, I do have some preferences and I'm going to make them known. And it caused some conflict and we had to figure that out. But again, it, in a beautiful way, it did make us more authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our relationship, one with another more known, more honest. And we were able to figure it out. Even when those preferences were in conflict with each other, we were able to figure it out and to work it out.
1: And so I think in all of our relationships, that's, that's a part of the equation. Well, I love, and I think this would be a really good pivot as we kind of pivot into this season that many of us find ourselves, we're all in it that you know there's a lot of displaced emotions well there's a lot of emotion (laughs) yeah yeah sorry emotions there's a lot of emotion everywhere everywhere intentions and some of those things are being displaced because you don't know what to do with it circumstances are causing like these crazy explosions that you're like this just came out of left field or this conversation just went so like extreme because there's so much pent up emotion or there's been so much pain and now it's kind of displaced to put it on you or to put on the circumstance or to pick sides and so i would love to speak a little bit into that as we're coming out of a pandemic and we don't know what the future looks like there's still a lot of uncertainty of like what is is going to come back (laughs) like are we going to kind of now move forward what does that look like i feel like there are so many broken relationships so much like just unforgiveness bitterness but also so much pain quiet people that have held it in that have not wanted to rock the boat that don't know what to do with even the tensions and there's a lot of anxiety over that so i just love to just maybe dive into in this season we find ourselves what do we do with all of the emotions that are happening from what we've been through yeah yeah
0: i would totally agree that and and I can only personalize this conversation for sure. Like I want to own my part in it. For um, but also I think how I feel like as leadership of the church we're also being affected Mm -hmm. by a lot of displaced emotion as well. So we're seeing it kind of on two planes. Um, I would definitely agree that there just is a lot of tensions all around. There's tensions you can go from as close to your inner circle of family and friends, um, dividing lines, uh, us and them, sides about everything, opinions that are being expressed about this way, things should be this way, this person should have done this. And I I think what's so interesting as you are in conversations with people is, I feel like it's creeping into even like meaningless things too, like it's things about pandemic definitely, government, politics, large scale things, what's happening in the world, but it's also sort of manifesting in even small arguments, small things that are sort of popping up and showing up. And um, so it's constantly this pull you feel into picking a side on any issue and i feel like that happens on a very small scale and a a a large scale so there's just tensions to manage all around and and I feel the weight of it and I do feel the anxiety of that. I feel the anxiety of the world. I feel the anxiety of the city. I feel the anxiety of, you know, even our own congregation and, you know, whether we're moving towards opening up and people are for this and they don't want to wear masks anymore. And then there's other people who like there's like a pro mask movement happening now like, "Oh, once the mandates are lifted, I'm going to are you going to still love people by wearing ma-? what? Like it's just like we're, it's like we're looking for things to fight over. It, it, or it almost feels like that from the outside looking in. So I feel all that. I feel that inside. And then I think what happens is like you find yourself in a situation and, and this can happen to any of us, you know, you're at home and, um, I'll just give like a random, a random situation. I come home from work, And the kitchen is a disaster. The dishes are piled up. The kids have been eating food all day, making food. No one's cleaned anything. The toaster's out. There's crumbs everywhere. Crumbs on the floor. And you explode. Like, it's like, it's like the worst thing has happened. Now I come home to this five days a week. It's not like this is any, (laughs) it's not like this is an unusual thing. But, Right. You're carrying and managing all these tensions. And all of a sudden, all of that emotion gets thrown up on whoever is
1: in front of you. <laughs> Who's toasting their toast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. It's who is in the kitchen in that moment. The last all one. This, the last one with the bagel. Oh, all gosh. right. All this tension, all this emotion is just being. And I feel like that's what's happening every day and happening in different ways every day. So personally, I feel this. I'm getting the barrage of some people's emotions directed personally at me. You did this. It's your fault. You weren't there for me. You And I'm like, oh my goodness, what? I did all that. Oh my goodness. Right. But again, I, re- I, can, re- I can take a step back and recognize, okay, no, there's a lot of pain here. And yes, I, yes, I can take some ownership of I may have caused some of that pain, But there's a lot of pain here. And I'm an easy target in this moment because this may have been the tipping point. So I think as we're navigating all of this, we have to have an awareness of what we're carrying right now. And then we have to have an awareness of... Who are we trying to blame? You know, you can have tensions in your relationship, your marriage, your family with your kids, and maybe you don't want to take it out on them. So then you take it out on your mom or you take it out on your sister or you take it out on your pastor or you take it out. But really, is that who you're really upset with? Or are you really upset because there's tensions happening in your marriage and you don't want to address them? You don't want to go there because it's painful and it's hard and it's where the real issues are. Or maybe, you know, so I think that is a little Mm -hmm. bit of a description of what I see and feel and I'm navigating in my own life. I'm doing this too. Mm -hmm. I can blame someone and I can have these harsh blaming statements about like, and you're like, actually, that's actually not... (laughs) (laughs) you know, if only this person, well, you know what, even if, even if they changed, the problem isn't going to go away because the Mm. problem is inside. These tensions live inside of us. So we've got to allow God into that space to bring that Mm.
1: healing. I think that's just a beautiful description, Laura, because even though we've been talking about emotions. This is the elephant in the room. Like it's like everyone can right now, I don't think anyone listening can not think of a tense relationship they're in, or they've had to cut off or have some boundaries that they've never had to have before. But through the pandemic, whether it been like the sides that you're chosen or the type of conversation you keep having, or maybe there has been a blow up and it's caused a lot of pain and you're not able to kind of move through the open communication just yet. I think this is a really important part, even in our own lives. Like you're saying, that's an ex- that's a beautiful example. That's exactly it. Or perhaps you've you've lost your job, and now one other change in another area causes you to like get so controlling because it's actually not about that change in whatever you're doing. It's actually because you lost your job, and now you're just grappling for don't change anything else in my life. Or is that now going like it's an uh, undealt with emotion? So we're watching all of that. And I think this is just a reminder, even this in this, that we need to go through a season of healing and forgiveness. We need to go through a ceiling season first off of being aware of where we've been carrying all these tensions. Like we've been talking about what we've kind of allowed to get in. We've got to own that. We've got to own what we've kind of allowed to get in there, whether it's resentful feelings, anxiety, because of all that we've taken on Division, to carry. Strife. Division, exactly. That we're carrying in our own strength and recognizing the emotional toll too because I think as much as we can push down a lot of things we've all are tired we've all taken at different levels but speaking specifically as pastors you know it's been an exhausting season and this is not a poor me or we we love being in ministry I I I sincerely mean that it's worth every season is it there are costs to it yes and there are times that you feel the weight and shh we want to feel the weight. I think it would be scary, not a good place if, not scary, not a good place if you don't care or an indifferent. You want to be able to feel the weight, but we're not meant to carry the weight that only Jesus can carry. We want it to be a heart of com- like of compassion and love for the body, but not where we are not the Savior. We're not the Savior. And I think it has been a hard part as pastors because we've been carrying a different tension of, all the different tensions of of the church of moving forward. And now we're at this place and people are now coming forward and you're getting the barrage of things, but you've been carrying, you're tired. Like it's been two years of carrying church, a church through a pandemic of many conversations of many like coming in to bring peace and reconciliation and conversations and not being able to really be in touch with what's going on your own heart too. Because all of us have families, all of us have relationships that have had a lot of tension in them too, that are not even, that are just personal, that we haven't really even come to terms with. And I'm kind of walking through that a little bit of what does that look like? What do those conversations look like? And in order to have those conversations, is there displaced, like where are my emotions at that I don't displace them imp- improperly yes, yes, on my family or those relationships? Yep or someone else,
0: someone else, my boss, my pastors, my, you know, my small group leader, my like that I'm not actually putting on them the weight of all the tensions that 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 I'm navigating. But, but I think a good question to maybe unpack together is what do we do then with all of that we're feeling? How do we navigate that? How do we process all the pain? And, you know, I've started this practice in the last little while, the last couple of years, you know, I've often journaled my prayers, but I've, I've started this practice where like, I'll write down everything that I'm feeling like as a prayer, like God, like this is happening, this is happening. And I leave space between each one. I actually like leave a little bit of room and I'll, but I get it all out, whatever and sometimes it's a lot. <laughs> sometimes it's just a couple things. Sometimes it's a lot. It depends on how long I've been since the last time <laughs> I've done it. If I do it every day, it's just a couple things. But if I leave it for a couple of weeks, it can be a lot of things that have piled up. And I try to pay attention to where the angst is coming in. So, like for example, I can be carrying um, anxiety or um, sadness or discouragement from something that's happening in the global church yes like you know a minister falls and i can actually be feeling tremendous feelings about that well i want to pay attention to that because i'm taking that on i'm taking that into and i want to pay attention i could be carrying tremendous weight for what's happening in ukraine Like, I can take that on. This is, I know this is happening on a global scale, but like, I have a little girl in Belarus and she's like right on the border, and I'm taking on concern for her and care for her and connecting with her. But all of that, right, is taking on weight inside of my heart. If I don't pay attention, all of the sudden I can feel extremely overwhelmed and I don't know why, I don't know where all this is coming from. So I try to pay attention to everything that is sort of um, bringing out an emotional response in me. Okay. So that, and then I begin to write those things down and I leave space. So I'll write them down. This frustration happened in my marriage. I'm upset with one of my kids because they won't, whatever. Da, 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 da. I'm, you know, I'm, ha- there's this tension at work and this has happened. I'm, I'm frustrated about an employee that's not doing what they're supposed to do, Uh, you know, all of these tensions, all of these things. I'm frustrated about this congregant who's angry at me and I didn't do anything and, you know, all these things or whatever. I write them all down. And then I actually take the time to sit and I go back to everyone. I say, Lord, would you speak to me? What's your truth? Would you give me a word? Would you give me a scripture? Help me. Like I, I need... I need something from you in regards to this. And God is so faithful. He's so faithful. He'll give me a word. He'll give me a scripture. He'll give me a direction. He'll give me a refocus. He'll refocus me on something, a provision that he's already given me. Every single one. And all of a sudden, the weight of all of this, I can then put back on the one who can Mm. carry it all Mm. right his yoke is easy his burden is light he wants to walk alongside me and he'll care he can he can take all of it he can carry all of it i don't have to but there has to be a practice you have to actually do something with all this emotion otherwise i'm exploding at jay Like he's going to get the barrage of, or maybe it's not going to come out on him, but maybe I'm going to be frustrated with my mom for some reason, or maybe I'm going to take it out on somebody else and I'm going to be angry at them. And I'm going to have this long conversation about how they're horrible. And this is why, (laughs) and actually it has nothing to do with that at all. So that's part for me of a process of what I do with each one of those emotions. And I'm trying to really pay attention to what affects me, not just let it affect me and just kind of brush it down and push it down. I'm trying to pay attention to those things. You can feel it. Your body's telling you there's going to be tensions. If you're having tensions in your body, tensions in your neck, There's it's connected to something like I get this little knot in my shoulder blade at the back and I know, okay, I'm carrying something like I'm holding on to something. Mm. So Lord, help me to see this. Help me to recognize this and take this. Mm. I don't need to solve these problems. I am not going to solve the war in Ukraine. I'm not going to solve that. So
1: God, I give it to you. I give it to you. So yeah. I love that. That's powerful. And I think that's exactly the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines that that's why they're there. It's God loves to spend time with us, but we need it. We need that time with God. And I love how you brought it back to his truth because emotions are just emotions of our heart. The truth, the actual truth is God's word and what he says about it. And that triumphs over every, every emotion that we may have. And so it really is that place of surrender. And it's easily, easily to say it, but to do it takes time, takes intentionality, and it takes literally surrender. Say, okay, God, I'm gonna believe that. I need you to work, I need you to heal my heart. And so we just wanna encourage you in this season, especially now, this is a pivotal time. You know, during the pandemic, everyone was in a little bit of a crisis mode. Everyone was kind of figuring things out. Now that we're, it's been this buildup, this is like the breaker zones. This is where all that pent up stuff is gonna really destroy. It's gonna bring a lot of destruction. A lot of bur- like bridges have been burnt, but now yeah. destruction will happen because it's been a buildup. Yeah. A buildup of emotion, a buildup of time, a buildup of weariness when we're tired. yes, We can often do things that we will regret greatly later. And so just this is a word of caution for us. This is what God is speaking to us. We want to encourage you to a word of caution. Go through a season of healing. Be in touch with the indicator lights on your dashboard. Don't dismiss them, whether it's the knots in your back, whether it's that angst, whether it's that you find yourself blowing up easily, or maybe you're just numb. Maybe you're not even thinking about or feeling anything. That, as well, is an indicator light. So take time before the Lord, write those things out, ask Him to show you, ask Holy Spirit, and ask His word to triumph, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, to be able to own where maybe you're carrying some unforgiveness, some offense. Perhaps you think of one person and you constantly feel anger that you'll be able to go through a season of healing because this season we've been through is gonna set up your next season. So really in this pocket of time, take stock, get some healing, close those doors. Don't let the enemy rob any more area of the windows you leave open. It comes from within. The enemy just doesn't come to get, wreak havoc. We open the windows and we invite it in, but we take the bait to open the window. Don't let those squatters in close the doors ask the Holy Spirit bring freedom talk to somebody get some deliverance if you need it like do whatever it takes to come through the next season to start the next season being able to really heal through the past but this is a season of healing don't rush through it we really are in a significant pocket of time
0: because there's an empowerment too in the spirit that I think the the Holy Spirit wants for each and every one of us Cause it's not anybody else's fault. Yeah. Honestly. And we're spending a lot of energy in blame, a lot of energy. If only, if only this, if only we had different leadership, if only, I mean, I I know even so many people have so many opinions about how the church has led through this season. I, I I know there's like a hundred opinions of how, what we should have said, what we should have done, how we should have done it. I, listen there's no shortage of opinions but there is absolutely no life in blame there is no life Mm, in blame that's a good word The more time you spend in blame it actually is just sucking and draining life from you so there is an empowerment of the holy spirit to own and again this is a little bit of that ownership of our emotions but to own how we're feeling about all of these things. Are we feeling extra fearful in this season? Are we feeling extra angry towards people who are fearful? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, what is it that's coming up? Let's, let's take ownership of those feelings and stop blaming those people for whatever it is that we think they should do or where they should be or how they should be doing it. And honestly spend that effort and energy bringing all that to the Lord, walking out repentance It is God's kindness that brings us to repentance. And the scriptures literally say, repent and confess and you will be healed. So this process, it's a guarantee. Healing will come when we come to a place of repentance and ownership of these feelings that we're having. Because honestly, it is unfruitful to spend or to waste your energy and blame. It's just unfruitful. And I don't like... I know this is really hard because I know you've probably been through some really awful things. Like I know even the things you're thinking through and the weights that you're carrying, there probably have been some horrible things that people have done to you, have said to you that you're processing. Like there really is real pain and real injustice that's happening in this season. But listen, blame is a trap of the enemy and it's a trap of the enemy to keep you in your pain. So don't give into that. Don't give into blame. Let that go. And honestly, allow an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to come as you take ownership of what it is that you're processing, what it is that you're carrying. Have you put on your shoulders false yokes that God never Mm. asked you to pick up? Mm. God never asked you to actually solve those problems. Have you picked that stuff up? Put it down. Put it down and receive from God that fresh healing, that fresh life that he wants to give you because you can, and I promise you this, you can stand in the midst of all of these tensions, of all of this, this season of strife and division. You can stand in the midst and have life and have joy and have eyes to see right through it. You can, you can. That is possible, but it's not possible if you stay in the cycle of blame. That's
1: meant to literally just keep you in your pain. Wow. Well, as we're closing, I mean, that is a word of exhortation. Yeah. That is a now word, Lori. This is a now word. And God wants to bring healing. This is God's heart, is that we be restored and healed. And we've got to take that time right now. This is a pocket. Don't rush through it. So hear the word that Lori just said. Honestly, I really believe that's a now word. And so as you come to the father's table, this is a beautiful thing. As you come to the father's table, all that we've talked about, the fullness of life and truth is with him. I've come to give you life and give you, but I'm the way, the truth and the life. Yes. We are needing truth. We are needing life and we are needing to find the way we're all lost. We all don't know what's going to happen. But guess what? We know who holds life. We know who's going to show us the way. A, the way that will not lead us astray and the one that is literally holding us all together so may you feel that securing of him today and so come to his table let him heal you let him talk with you get it all out and let him realign all of this to his truth because he is truth that's right
0: because honestly. You've wandered around this mountain long enough. And this, I don't think that the world, I don't think that the darkness is going to dissipate. I think it is going to get worse. Before it gets better, I think things are going to get worse, but I actually think in the midst of it, it is our time as the body of Christ to shine with the light and the life of Christ like never before. Mm. I I don't think it's going to change out there. So we have to stop wandering around the mountain that's dragging us through all of this pain and strife and all of the principalities that have been unleashed. We need to actually grab hold of what God has given us and empowered us in through his spirit and stand for something different. Have new life in the midst of it. Literally stand with all of it happening all around us, but be able to see something different because our eyes are so fixed on the Lord. So, so turn northward, fix your eyes on Jesus, let him lead you. And there is, there is profound life. He is the way, the truth and the life. God bless you today. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, but take some time to sit in this and rest in this because we want to see you whole, healthy, healed, and walking in the fullness of emotional health. Bless you.